We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. There's a high fly ball from KMOX Sports. That's it deep to left field, and it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. There's a moment for you. Welcome to the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. And it's driving jam time. And the Billikens win this one. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. Comeback pattern caught. Touchdown, Kansas City! Now, Sports Open Live on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Hey, good to be with you on Thursday night here on Sports Open Line. A lot to do, and a lot of it is going to have to do, shockingly, uh, with the uh, Major League Baseball lockout and the back and forth that's continuing to go on. I have a few things that I want to hit on, and and we will hit some other stories, too. Uh, I want to talk about, uh, wow, there's a... uh, a verdict today um, in the case that involved the death of Angels pitcher Tyler Skaggs. Uh, you had Eric Kay convicted um, of selling drugs to Skaggs that led to his death, and he's facing potentially 20 or more years in prison. But it's an interesting story in that, you know, it's a team employee selling drugs to a player and other players, too, who testified in this case. And again, we're talking about prescription drugs, right? We're talking about. Um, you know, oxy and things like that. Of course, fentanyl wound up being a part of what ended up uh, in Tyler Skagg's system the night that he died. But you know, it's a, that's an interesting story, and I I, I watched I read a follow up on it uh, today. Ken Rosenthal wrote about whether or not this is the this kind of thing is common in baseball. You know, when we think of the various scandals that have come along, you know, steroids and other things. They start off as a trickle, and then you realize, wow, uh, there's a lot going on here. But I don't know. We don't have enough information yet to know if this is common elsewhere. Uh, but, you know, as Matt Harvey, who testified in this case, made a point of, like, you know, he said, quote, guys are constantly doing what they can to stay on the field. So, you know, painkillers when you're dealing with injuries or chronic pain or whatever can certainly help you stay on the field. But uh, we'll, we'll talk a bit about that later this hour. Uh, my good friend Derek Gould is going to join us for next hour, and we are going to talk about labor. We're going to talk about 
what the sport is missing um, you know, in these conversations. And it's something I referred to earlier this week, and that's the on-the-field product, not just rules changes and stuff, but the style of play and, and you know, making the game fun. Yeah, action is a part of that, but you know what? So is personality. And we're going to get into all different aspects of this with Derek Gould coming up in the next hour. Uh, this hour, though, I want to jump into what we learned today, and I also want to spend some time talking about um, things that I think we need to be better at as baseball fans of separating what counts and what doesn't and framing the arguments that we want to make a little bit more accurately. Um, and, and by that, I'll explain it a little more in the next segment. But, you know, when we, when we talk about the millionaires versus billionaires, it's not entirely wrong. But I do think that too many people that follow baseball – pay too much attention to what the very top players make and not enough attention to the fact that most players don't make that kind of money. So it's a different animal when, you know, what is it what, I forget what it was last year, but more than half the league makes less than a million dollars a year. And look, I know that's a lot of money. I mean, I think we all understand even the minimum when it's, you know, 575000 a year. I mean, that that's... That's a lot of money. But it's also a lot of money that follows um, what is really an exploit, uh, really an exploitative minor league system where players make nothing. They make less than minimum wage when you count the hours that they have to put in. They don't get paid for seven months out of the year. And they're expected, though, to work 12 months a year but only get paid for seven months. And Major League Baseball makes these arguments that, well, they shouldn't have to pay the players in spring training because that's experience that in- enhances their careers. It's like an internship. Like, no, 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 no. You drafted them you or, or signed them as free agents. Like this, this isn't like an invitation. Like, okay, guys, here's a great opportunity for you for a month. No, no, no. This is required activity for your job. And yet, Major League Baseball won't pay them. It's one thing to not pay Major League players during spring training, considering that most of them have made some money. And even if they haven't, you know, even if you're talking about young guys that haven't, um, at the very least, you know, they can go stay with someone who has, right? We see that a lot. Rookies end up staying with veterans. Veterans have big houses, lots of money. So they can do that. But you've got a minor league system that exploits these young players, And I know they're working on making it better, but it's not good enough yet. And it doesn't make any sense to to take the next generation of players and put them in a place where sometimes they don't have enough money to eat. You know, at least major league players get per diem during spring training to cover food. Not that they need it, but they get it. Minor league players don't even get that during spring training. And... I think that, you know, the, the, the league, I mean, like that's the reason I'm bringing that up is because that's what precedes reaching the major leagues, right? So if you can get to the major leagues and make the minimum salary for a few years, well, sure, then you're going to make, you know, let's call it in three years, let's call it $2 million in your first three years. But that's after basically making twelve, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 a year for anywhere from two to five or six years before that. So you live in poverty before that, 
And then you get there and you've got debt. You've got all these things you've got to take care of. I mean, you know, I think we, we, we misrepresent too often what the entire process is. And, you know, the sport can exploit minor league players because they don't have representation. And if you're in the position of those minor league players, how many of them want to jeopardize their career by speaking out? Now, some of them do, and I give them credit. But they are, they are taking a risk that, that this kind of conversation could be held against them. You don't want to rock the boat. But it's a, it's a system that exploits talent while it's young and productive that pays the very high end of the of the spectrum very very well but then casts people aside when they're not star players and they happen to start getting to be a little too expensive and and I'm going to get to something a little later this hour I think part of what is frustrating for all of us uh, that follow this. It's part of, I think, why a lot of people are, are, a lot of baseball fans right now are throwing their hands in the air and saying, listen, t- call me when you finish it. I don't want to hear about it anymore. This is ridiculous. I think we have some, some of, a lot of us have that reaction. I know I have it and I can't do it because it's my job to pay attention to all this stuff. But I think it's also irritating how much this just reflects day-to-day life. It's It's the same kind of disagreement we see in politics where nobody can agree on anything where where the 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 one each side yells at the other about how extreme the other side is and you know you can't even agree on a basic set of facts and that's what we're seeing in this labor dispute you know the the owners are acting like well you know the players have the best collective bargaining agreement in all of sports and that's not absolutely true it's debatable they they don't have a salary cap but there is a limitation at the top. Owners are leaving it there. And not only are they leaving it there in these talks, they're making it tougher. If the owners get what they want with the collective, with the, uh, with the competitive balance tax, the CBT, if they get what they want there and you keep the, 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 the limits fairly low and the penalties are even higher, then you have a cap. It's a soft cap, but it's a cap, but you don't have any floor. You don't, and this is why I've, I've been arguing. You guys may think I'm crazy. I don't think the owners would take a salary cap system right now. What they have now is better. They've got strict limitations at the top, no minimum to, to live up to at the bottom. Therefore, they have the freedom, at least a lot of them do, have the freedom to just kick back and lose and make money. So a couple of angles I want to explore. I mean, a little later this hour, I want to get into how – annoying it is that this fight is just so much like what we're dealing with in everyday life and that's a bad thing by the way sports are an escape entertainment is an escape and as soon as entertainment as soon as sports start to look like everything else they're not fun anymore and that's how you start to lose people now you won't lose everybody and you may not you may recover right if you have a period of peace you'll recover but it still doesn't make it any better right now. Coming up next, I want to talk about what we learned today. So we learned today that the two sides had a 15-minute meeting, that the the players came in, they offered a proposal that had some changes to it, and essentially I guess they both said, well, we just need, we're going to need some time to, to examine this. And then a, the two, two lead negotiators kind of talked off onto the side for 20 minutes. So we learned that today. 
And I want to make a point that the time doesn't matter. It's whether or not um, the ideas presented move the ball forward. But I also want to talk about how we misunderstand the money side of this from the player's end. See, every owner is incredibly wealthy. They're all they're all wealthy enough to own professional sports franchises on top of their other business interests and ventures. So they are all ultra wealthy. That's not true of all the players. In fact, it's not even true of a majority. And I'll explain part of that as we get back here on KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. All right, Kevin Wheeler with you here on KMOX Sports Open Line on a Thursday night. Uh, definitely counting down to the days where all of our sports talk, all of our baseball talk is about what's happening on the field uh, and, and in the standings rather than what's happening at the negotiating table. But we're still in the negotiating table portion of this. Now, I mentioned it earlier, but uh, the the league and the, and the players got together today for 15 minutes. And I know uh, it, it, it earned its fair share of... of Twitter jokes. <laughs> and yeah, it should, right? It's pretty it's pretty ridiculous when you think of it on its face. But as I tweeted earlier today, like I get the jokes and they're fair. They're definitely not unfair. I don't care how long they meet. The question it really is, the only question is does what was proposed move things forward? And the problem right now is that the proposals have not moved things forward. They have not gotten things going in the correct direction. And 
you know, I, I outlined this, I think it was last night, it could have been the night before, but I, I mean, look, the, coming into these labor talks, players wanted to talk about competitive balance and getting more teams to compete, and the only thing the two sides can agree upon there is some version of a lottery at the top of the draft. I think the owners are proposing three teams are in it. Uh, I believe the players' proposal is 10, but either way, that's not going to do much. Not when you can still sit back, lose, and make tons of profit. Like That's really at the core of this, is that being bad is still profitable. And in previous generations in baseball, that was not the case. Teams had to try more because a lot bigger part of their revenue came down to attendance. Well, that's not. it's just not that big of a thing anymore. It's not necessary. The TV deals are so big, and the revenue sharing is so strong for those smaller market teams that attendance is almost irrelevant. I mean, it matters because the more you draw, the more money you're going to make. But it's not. You're not going to go. You're not going to lose money if you don't have people in the seats. So it's a little bit more comfortable to just be terrible. And I'm going to bring this up with Derek Gould next hour. We're going to uh, chat at 7:15. Talk about a, a bunch of issues related to. Um, the collective bargaining process and where we are and you know maybe what the priorities should be. I know none of us, I know I don't, I don't, I don't care what everybody makes. I do want a fair deal. I think that's the number one thing I want. I don't want owners to cave and give in on everything and take a beating, and I don't want the players to have to eat, keep eating the crap sandwich because they have been. You know, when you, so going back to the beginning of what I was saying here, the players came into this negotiation wanting to address competitiveness, teams not tanking, so we count those two things together. They wanted to uh, get players to free agency sooner. They wanted to get to arbitration sooner, and their proposal today would do that for more. Essentially, it would create a lot more Super 2 players just by increasing the percentage of players that, that reach a certain threshold of, of them advancing and getting that credit as a Super 2. And they wanted to work on the CBT. They want the 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 uh, competitive balance tax to go up at the top end, so that it's less restrictive on teams like the Yankees and the Dodgers and the Red Sox, because those teams have shown they will spend, where the teams at the other end of the spectrum have shown they will not. Well, of those things, and those are like the the major things, right? Well, immediately the players were told. Uh, free agency is not on the table. We won't even talk about it. You're not getting to free agency earlier. So there's one big core issue that was just a non-starter for owners. They won't even talk about it. So far, arbitration has been that as well. I'll be curious to see how this recent proposal from the players is perceived in that regard. But they were told at the beginning, yeah, we're not, we're not letting people get to arbitration sooner either. They haven't moved on revenue sharing, and I don't think they should, by the way. I think revenue sharing should stay the way that it is. But they've they've done very little to to in these talks to address tanking and teams not trying, which is bad for the sport anyway. Like it's not just bad for players when eight to ten teams a year are just not trying at all. And then you have the other part of this, the, the CBT, 
and the owners aren't willing to move there. And when they're willing to move up, the move the threshold up 2%, they want to increase the penalties by double. They want to double the penalties for going over the, the, the luxury tax. And I think part of the problem when we frame this argument, this, this debate, if you will, between the two sides, we get caught up on the wrong side of this, right? We always talk about how it's two sides of rich people and, you know, basically who cares. Well, okay, every owner, all 30 owners are incredibly wealthy. And think, in fact, it is not only reasonable, but absolutely 100% provable that every owner is more wealthy than the wealthiest player. There is no player who has the wealth that they would that would that would be required right now to buy a team. Right? So I think it's very clear. Even even the quote-unquote poorest of the owners would be by far the wealthiest amongst the players. So it's not an equal thing. I mean there are dramatic differences between them. Which is why I don't mind owners making a lot of money. I don't care about that. Good. You should make money. Hell, if you're good at it, do it. But but it shouldn't be that at the expense of everything else. Sports have to be a little different than that. Otherwise, it's not going to work long. You're going to turn your customers away. But I think part of the problem here is we, we look at it, it's two sides that are really rich and they're arguing against each other. But we only think about the guys with the big contracts. Like when we think of a baseball player, your first thing you think of is like Mike Trout making all kinds of money or Max Scherzer making all kinds of money. Now, I did a little like napkin math earlier, so this may not be 100% like every penny accounted for kind of thing, but it tells you the story. This is, th- these numbers are at least close. I just looked at the 50 highest paid players in baseball on an annual salary basis coming into 2022. And the 50 highest paid players make collectively $1.2 billion. So they make a third of all of the money that major league players make, just the top 50. Keep in mind, there are 780 major league players on a roster at any given time. And they're even now. I'm not, and I'm not even counting the players that are on the injured list, players that have gone up and down that are on the 40-man roster. I'm just looking at the 26-man active roster. But if I counted the 40-man rosters, which probably is the better way to go, Right, I mean, that that means there are twelve hundred players in baseball on forty man rosters. Well, fifty of them make one point two five million. Make make a third of the money. So fifty of twelve hundred. So the top four percent of players make thirty plus percent of the money which shows you that the guys that are on the other side are just not making that much. And again, I know that it's more than you and I make. I know that it's a lot of money. But it's not as much as you think when you take out taxes, when you when you account for the agent's fees that go into this, when you account for the fact that these guys had to come up the minor league system and spend years working for nothing. And all of this, by the way, you don't get any say about where you're going to work when you're coming out of high school or college. The only sports are the only profession where the working person has no choice. You do not get to choose where you're going to work. You do not get to negotiate what you're going to get paid. Here you're told, here is the slot. We can negotiate those bonuses a little bit, 
But your salary is your salary. You're, you're, you're going to play where we tell you to play. And if we want to put you in Biloxi, Mississippi for a year and a half, that's where you're going to be for a year and a half. If we want to move you and have you play in four different cities in one season, guess what? That's what you're going to have to deal with. You have no control of any of that. And I think that is where we have to start understanding that not all players are created equal when it comes to pay and when it comes to their experience. Sure, there are guys that, let's use Mike Trout as an example, drafted out of high school, full-time major leaguer by the time he's 20. Okay, that, that's, the, that's, that's the exception. You know, guys like that and Acuna and Tatis, those guys are the exception. That's not the rule. More often, the kid coming out of high school or the international player who signs as a 16-year-old, those guys are going to spend four, five, six years in the minor leagues before they ever get a chance. And I think we have to consider that when we're talking about this whole, well, it's just one group of rich guys and the other. Mm, Not really. One's a lot wealthier. And I think that that side, the owners, because they have the longer-term investment here, they have the longer-term responsibility here, should be more into making a good deal rather than just squeezing every last dime out of it. We'll talk more about some of this stuff with Derek Gould coming up next hour. Next up, I want to talk about what's really, truly irritating about having to talk about all this labor stuff. It's just too much of real life. It's just too much of what we see everywhere else. We'll get to that next up on KMOX. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. And it's a gunner. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm. Because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. All right, let's move into this next part, which is part of the reason why having these types of, you know, labor negotiations, these types of, um, I, I think we can call it a controversy when it comes to the lockout. These kinds of controversies in sports are super annoying because they drag us right back into the real world, right? I mean, why, you know, why do we seek out entertainment? Why do we watch movies? Why do we love our favorite TV shows? Why do we watch sports? Well, we all do that because it's a break from either the stress or the boredom or whatever of regular old day-to-day stuff. I mean, that's why we all seek out entertainment. That's why entertainment, by the way, is such big business because we all have that need. Whether I mean, look, it doesn't have to be uh, sports. It doesn't have to be electronic. I mean, books fit into there too, but, it, but we all like entertainment. And it's irritating when things that you'd rather tune out sometimes become a part of sports. Right? I mean, listening to the the issues at hand with baseball and the Baseball Players Association is just too much like listening to what's happening in politics, where 
You know, it's it's very tribal, and nobody wants to acknowledge a neutral set of facts. You know, I think what I'm talking about, the players and the owners, I think I'm just telling you, like, what is happening, right? Here's how much money the, t- the league is bringing in. Here is what the, the, the uh, competitive balance tax is and whether or not it's grown. Here is what, um, you know, here is how much salaries have grown or declined alongside how much revenue has grown. Like, I mean, I'm looking at this from a very factual standpoint. Revenues going up, payroll going down, luxury tax basically staying the same. That's what's been going on for the last five to ten years. And yet, the ownership side doesn't even want to acknowledge that. They don't even admit it, that you've got the commissioner of Major League Baseball out there like, well, you know, owning a team is not that good of an investment. Like, oh, come on, man. What kind of BS are you slinging? It's the kind of BS you hear during an election cycle. This person's going to end the world if they win. Like, no, they're not. (laughs) They're just not. But then you hear somebody who is the representative of ownership saying something that we all know is nonsense. You just have to have common sense to know that it's nonsense. You just have to be able to look at revenue growth. You just have to look at franchise values and what franchises have been purchased for and then what they sell for in comparison to that. I mean, if it was such a bad investment, these guys would be seeking to get out of it. They'd be they'd be looking in mass to get rid of their teams. But as it is now, you know, a team comes available every handful of years and you've got bidders lined up around the corner trying to buy the team. That's not that's not the sign of of a business that's not doing very well. That's not the sign of an industry where it's not very profitable. Oh, again, it, it may not be as profitable as some other business adventure that you're involved in. Your your uh, return on investment might be higher with your hedge fund or with your shipping company or whatever. But it doesn't mean that it's not profitable. It doesn't mean that that everybody's, you know, cutting corners and, boy, they're just hoping to stitch things together at the end of the fiscal year. Like, come on, man. We know. We know what the TV contracts are. We know what tickets cost. We know how many tickets you sell. We know what most of your costs are. And I can. And I think we all would agree, right? I mean, like, this is the other thing that's frustrating in the debate, at least for me it is, because I know every penny that every player makes. I can look it up right now. You want to find a contract? I can find a con- every player's contract, what all their bonuses are, yeah, how much the contract escalates, everything. I, I, we know everything about their deals. Every penny that they make, we know. And we have no idea about the owners because they won't let us see it. Well, I don't know about you, but I do have a general problem with trust in that regard. Like, we're going to tell you something, but we're not going to show you because we don't think we need to prove it. You just take us at our word. Like, nah. Nah, I don't think I'm going to. But I do think that a big part of this problem here, and it is a problem that came up, you know, this was an argument I heard a lot 
uh, when players were kneeling during the national anthem in the NFL, right? I just don't want that stuff in my entertainment, which is, again, I understand it. The, the, the problem with that argument for that particular issue was it wasn't happening during the game. And it wasn't preventing the games from being played, <laughs> right? So if you just didn't tune in until kickoff, you didn't even have to see it. You could avoid it if you wanted to. So I, again, I, I understand the argument, and I think it's a better argument when we're talking about a labor dispute, that this is too much like what we see in Congress. It's too much like what we see in an election cycle where two people in an election cycle, or two parties as it were, they, they're looking at a circumstance, an issue, and neither side can come to very any kind of agreement uh, that makes any sense. In fact, at this point, if you vote with the other party on anything, people want to run you out of the party. Like, there's not much work across the aisles. Like, you better... If something comes up there that is proposed by your side, you better be, be better be on the team or we're going to find someone else to take your spot next time around. And I, I think that, you know, this this level of that that level of controversy, that level of disagreement is is what we're seeing in this labor labor talk right now. We're not seeing two sides that are out there going, "Hey, listen, we know our customers matter. We know that we'll get a deal done. We got to figure this out, but we all are on the same page, and we do care about our customer. Like you're not even hearing that. You're not hearing that from anybody. Uh, you hear it from individual players here and there, but nobody's taking action along those lines. And I and I I don't even want to blame the players here because I think the owners have taken an incredibly hard line stance have basically eliminated any of the key issues from even being part of the conversation. And we're all sitting here now. And by the way, we as fans suffer for this, but so do a lot of people who work at all these ballparks and these facilities during spring training. These seasonal workers that count on those six weeks every year to make their budget, right? I mean, they count on this money. They're not rich people. A lot of them are retired people who work part-time in this in the spring training just to make a little money. Cities have put tax money into these facilities and these stadiums, and they don't get the revenue back when the spring when spring training is delayed. TV partners are going to lose out, and they already lost out in 2020, and they're going to lose out some more. Not to mention all the regular employees that'll be ushers and vendors and security for the stadium, you know, in the stadiums when when the regular season starts. It's just too much of the powerful ignoring the powerless, and that's too much of the real world. All right, next up, we're going to get back into labor issues next hour. Uh, Derek Gould's going to join me. We'll talk uh, starting at around 7.15 about a lot of these issues and maybe some ways that you know we can frame these conversations a little bit better. Uh, we'll get to Derek Gould coming up next hour. Next up, I do want to touch briefly on the story out in California of, of Eric Kay who is the former communications director for the Angels. He was found guilty today of distributing fentanyl, which caused the death of of Tyler Skaggs. And I want to get into whether or not this is something we need to be paying more attention to in Major League Baseball. Uh, uh, League-wide, not just this story, but league-wide. 
We'll get to that next up on KMOX. All right, so I want to close this hour. We'll spend a couple of minutes talking about uh, just a horrible story, right? I mean, we, we've followed this now for a couple of years. In 2019, uh, Angel starting pitcher Tyler Skaggs was found dead in his hotel room in Texas. Uh, and, you know, the subsequent autopsy found that, you know, he had choked on his own vomit, that he had had all kinds of drugs in his system, but including fentanyl, oxycodone, things like that. And today, the Angels team employee, who was the communications director, a guy named Eric Kay, was found guilty of distributing that fentanyl. And the art, the story goes that Skaggs and Kay had this arrangement for years where Skaggs kind of introduced Kay to somebody that could get the drugs, and it was Kay's job to be the middleman. And, of course, Kay used the drugs as well. Well, today he was convicted uh, of of distributing fentanyl, which led to the death of, of Tyler Skaggs. And now Kay is going to be looking at 20-plus years in prison unless he wins on appeal. And obviously you have a young player who is no longer on this earth as a result of this. And we heard testimony from some other major league players. We heard from uh, from Matt Harvey, who said that he had been involved in this stuff and that he had given pills to Skaggs, and you know he admitted to his own cocaine use when he was in New York. And we heard from C.J. Crone and a couple of other players that were involved in this this you know per, you know this I guess you could say black market for Percocet, oxycodone, fentanyl, all these things that players used. According to Skaggs, anyway, the way that he put it in the in the testimony was to feel loosey goosey, and we all know. There are millions of reasons why people get involved with drugs, and we know how addictive these particular drugs are. And this has raised an interesting question, and Ken Rosenthal tackled it at The Athletic today, is whether or not this is baseball's next kind of hidden scandal. Now, it's a, it's a, it's a problem in society. I mean, this is not just a, a sports problem. I mean, the, the abuse of opioids has been a story and has been a problem for a long time now. But, you know, baseball players are always looking for an edge, right? You know, they have to play with pain. They have to deal with stress. There are all kinds of things that, you know, they're dealing with. And they always, for for generations, have looked for solutions to that, right? I mean, it was it's for, for decades and decades, it was amphetamines. You know, get your alertness up. Get your energy up when you're dragging a little bit. Um, you know, obviously, steroids were a part of that. And, you know, clearly... These painkillers are a part of it. There was a, there was an, a, a certain amount of time too where uh, other types of drugs uh, that are normal, you know, normal usage drugs for like ADD and things like that, like those were being used and abused. And Major League Baseball had a bit of a crackdown on that. I don't I don't have the answer to this, by the way. I don't think we, any of us do. But if it's happening, if it happened this way with the Angels, it's probably not outside the realm of the possibility that it's happening elsewhere too. And it's definitely something that Major League Baseball is going to want to keep track of once they stop fighting over money in the lockout talks uh, with the Baseball Players Association. All right, coming up, 7.15, Derek Gould, my guest from the Post-Dispatch. We'll talk about lockout and labor and maybe some Cardinal stuff. Coming up next, right after the news, I want to talk about a rookie prediction from ESPN.com that you might like. We'll get to that next on KMOX. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> 